everyone, and welcome to episode 445 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zephrod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with their owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning, Seth. So much news this weekend and uh, this morning. <laughs> Yeah, we have a ridiculously big list of things to talk about today. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Krim, how are you? How are you doing over there? How are you feeling? Uh, well, I'm a little under the weather, but you know, just I think it's the con crud. It's not COVID, but you know, not great. Uh, but regardless, despite how under the weather I feel, some of the news has got me feeling better than I've ever felt before. Yeah, so this is one of the biggest news weeks we've had in quite a while. So what are what are we talking about today? Well, we just got a BNR update. Just came out this morning. Uh, we have some Lord of the Rings One Ring news, some Watsy news. We had uh, over the weekend from Gen Con, Wizards announced the next three years of Magic sets, both for Magic theme sets and also Universes Beyond theme sets. Uh, so we're going to be jumping to all that. Pioneer coming to Magic Arena, a couple of spoiler cards, but not a ton. So we're going to be all over the place talking about all this news. Before we jump into it, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit's the easiest way to sell your magic cards. If you ever get tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, Card Conduit lets you skip them. With their curated service, you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to do a bit of work, you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which option you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And right now, you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash MTG Goldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic card. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. We also have a little bit of podcast news. So starting next podcast episode, if you're listening to this and watching this on YouTube, we're going to be putting the podcast on a brand new channel. We're going to link that channel in the description Ooh. and we'll put up a pinned comment so you can uh, subscribe to it. So today's episode, normal YouTube channel. Next week, going to go on a special podcast YouTube channel. And one of the things this is going to do that I think is going to be really helpful is it's going to let us get the podcast up a lot earlier than before. You probably noticed the YouTube video goes up like in the middle of the night when no one's around. Uh, this is going to solve that problem. You know, let us get it up a lot earlier around when the audio cast goes up. So make sure to subscribe to that new channel to keep up on the podcast. That's where it's going to be moving forward starting next week. Anyway, let's talk some magic and let's start with the BNR update. So just this morning, we get our big yearly BNR update. This is the, the big band window. Once a year, they're going to do this big band thing. Everyone was waiting with bated breath. What are they going to change? What's going to get banned? Are they going to hit modern? Are they going to hit the one ring already? Are they going to change pioneer? Well, it turns out wizards ban absolutely nothing on this update. Literally no cards at all. The two changes though, they did unban two cards. One is preordain in modern. The other little bit more surprising and a little more scary, maybe mind's desire in legacy so what do you guys make of this update <laughs> i think this is definitely not what people were expecting for sure this is not what people were talking about what do you think of uh, what actually went down oh god <laughs> uh well i i modern to me is lost so <laughs> i i for you know that that like to me preordained gets unbanned whatever like that's that's <laughs> so low impact i don't even know how that like that could have been done years ago. I said that like a thousand years ago. That should have been unbanned. So, I guess it's cool that that's now available. But like, does that make anything better or more absurd? Because like, aren't cards like considered just better? 
I don't think it changes a whole lot. Like, I think we'll see, I think Perudino see play alongside Consider. They specifically shouted out uh, Murktide decks. Apparently Murktide's the, the good guy now after, like, three That's months funny. ago, everyone hated That's Murktide funny. and it was the best deck in the form. And they're like, they feel kind of bad. The deck got a lot worse because of Lord of the Rings. So we wanted to give it a little help. So we gave it preordained. What do you think, Richard? Is this a, a format defining card in 2023? I mean, Serum Visions and Shambles, but, like... <laughs> Give us ponder. Like, okay, I, I, I don't like the reasoning. Like, if if you told me preordain for Murktide, that's kind of sus. Like, preordain for Storm for like combo decks. I'm like, okay, like, like let's get there, right? Ponder can get us there. They could have given us a Splinter Twin unbanned that would do absolutely nothing but would make people excited. Like, I I don't yeah. know why they're so conservative. Like, they were conservative on the One Ring band, right? Like, I you know I. I we talked about it last week. I, I didn't think it needed to be banned. Wizards agreed. Like, shocker, they don't want to ban the chase card of their new product. That's the best, you know, selling product of all time. Fine, right? But at least with all these, like, fair decks running around, all this, like, people trying to grind you with one ring and stuff like that, like, give us the combo decks back, right? So I would like to see Ponder. I'm not sure Ponder would even do anything, but it would be interesting. It would let people brew. And Ponder's a much stronger preordained. And like Krim said, is Preordain even playable? Are we cutting cards in Murktide to put Preordain in? I'm not even sure that's a thing, right? You would play Consider to fill your graveyard, right? Right. So I don't even know what it's going to do. Like if you gave Storm its perfect opener, would they even win anything? I'm not even sure, right? So I, I don't know what this would even do. Uh, but it's very conservative. It's like very slow and, you know, like... For an unbanning, it's just, like, so slow. Like, there were so many cards that were, like, a very safe that they could have unbanned in a batch instead of, like, one card. Like, if they gave us, like, ten safe unbans at once, I, you know, I'd be for it, right? But this is just, like, one card, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Maybe, maybe the uh, the artifact lands? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I that, mean, that's, there's... That's spicy. <laughs> we we did a whole podcast. If I remember, I will stick a card here up in the corner where you can hear our breakdown of the, the modern man list. Because we actually came to the conclusion there's a lot of cards that could be unbanned. And in Wizards' defense with this banning, I would definitely encourage everyone to read the BNR announcement. This is actually a really good BNR where they, like, kind of went in depth and wrote, like, a bunch of paragraphs on their reasoning, whether or not you agree with it. It's not one of those just, like, you know, super short, here's what's unbanned. They actually got into it a little bit. So a couple things they mentioned that I think is worth noting. One is what they specifically called out fair blue decks and also, like, is it Murktai decks for preordain? They did also mention that uh, combo is kind of in rough shape because they've printed so much interaction that can stop combo. So that was part of the reason why they felt it would safe to unban it. So I don't know if they're specifically trying to support combos, but they did admit that combos in a pretty bad spot. So that's part of the reason why they think it's okay to free preordain. The other thing they said is they're looking for more opportunities to shorten the modern ban list. So hopefully this is the first of many unbans or several unbans in modern. Although this is like the least exciting card you could unban. Like, out of all the cards that could conceivably be unbanned in modern, Pure Dane's the one that's, like, not gonna make a new archetype. It's not like, if it was, like, a twin or a, even a Umazawa's Jitte or a glimpse of nature, you'd be thinking, oh, maybe we can do this new thing. But now the conversation with Pure Dane's, like, does it beat out Consider in some decks? Like, maybe? <laughs> is it, like, slightly better than the Serm Visions that we already had? Yeah, I guess. Like, so it is, like, the least impactful and exciting thing to make it unban. What do you think about no ban? Like, that was the bigger news. They did write several paragraphs about the One Ring, and 
it's on their watch list. They're keeping an eye on it, but they're not ready to get rid of it yet. And they sounded like they came away from the Pro Tour feeling better about the One Ring than they did before the One Ring. I don't know how much of this is really they love where the format's at and how much of it is there's another Lord of the Rings set coming out in a few months, the holiday edition, and we really don't want to do anything yet. Maybe a little bit of both, but what do you think of no, no uh, actual bannings in the format? Is that fine for now? Yeah, I don't think it's cope. I, I, th- I think the reasons are actually kind of true. Like, y- you will have, like, the most powerful card in the format. In this case, it's colorless. Uh, it doesn't really like warp all the decks. Like all the decks are still kind of distinct decks, and they just kind of want you know run the one ring. So it, it's not like everyone's trying to like turbo power out one ring and like it's some weird like dredge meta or something like that, right? So uh, I think it's it's okay. Like it, it sucks that like if it was a one dollar card, I think we would not complain about it, right? The fact that it's so expensive and you need a playset to enter modern now is what's kind of sus, but. Like, if you just combine the elemental cycle into one card, like, it, it's kind of that, right? <laughs> like, everyone needs these evoke elementals. They're just spread across different colors. So you play the ones in your colors. But if they were colorless, they would just look like the one ring. So I don't think it's egregious. It's like, it is a plausible modern metagame. Is it the best one? I don't know. But it's not, like, terrible, right? So I, I think they're just going to keep it for a while. It, it makes sense. At least it's a new modern compared to three or four months ago. Uh, it's true. So, no, no like, I don't know, right? I guess no it's more fine, right? anymore. <laughs> New modern. Okay. Yo, uh, Tron is back, I, baby. It's mean, not a good thing. I hate Tron. <laughs> I, I also hate Grim. Tron, but the we were lamenting on Tron's death only a couple of months. Yeah, ago, I know. Right? But we like, feel so bad that we beat our villain into the ground, and he's not getting up again. Right now, he's up. I mean, now yeah, now, now he's up. Again. Yeah, we, we're back at it. I, I mean, like, look. I think all like the modern thing is like whatever. Like at this point, modern is lost to me. But <laughs> what I am surprised about is Pioneer. I was very shocked about Pioneer. Nothing. Crickets. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Like absolute stone cold nothing. I, I I don't know about y'all, but Lotus Field kind of a problem. Uh, on top of that, I you know like Nyctos, definitely a problem. Uh, like I don't know, maybe Fable as well. So that mid range isn't as strong, but like nothing at all. I feel like there's a big, I was telling Richard this off cast, like a big difference in how Wizard sees Pioneer and how a lot of players see Pioneer, because I feel like Pioneer is one of the most complained about formats right now. Whenever I hear people talking about Pioneer on social media, it's how they don't enjoy it, or this is broken, or that's not fun. Uh, but Wizards, in their announcement, they're just like, hey, there's like a bunch of different decks and play styles, things get better and worse, we're keeping an eye on stuff, but really, like, we're not doing anything right now. Like, from Wizards' perspective, it seemed like they're pretty happy with the state of Pioneer, which I just thought was funny because it doesn't, and maybe it's one of those things where you hear the loud voices on social media, which incentivizes negative takes and complaining. Maybe, like, people don't hate Pioneer as much as it sounds on social media, but every time I hear people talking about Pioneer, it's in a in a negative light, so it was interesting interesting to see wizards not only not doing anything but kind of being like oh i think the format's actually like pretty decent and healthy right now so yeah it is what it, it didn't even like in modern there was this big list of like well we're keeping on the one ring we've heard you on bow masters we're keeping them for now but you know we're watching these cards pioneer wasn't like that there wasn't any like hey we're really keeping an eye on on this like it was kind of just like hey everything is good so that's the part that surprised me most about that honestly yeah i mean they called out the things you guys just thought about they called out Mono Green Devotion, Rakdos, and Lotus Field combo. And they're like, 
it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I quote, we would they sit about where any reasonable deck would fall, right? Like that that's what they're saying. So percentage-wise, they're okay with it. Maybe we don't like the play pattern, right? And they're not addressing the play pattern, but percentage-wise and power level-wise, Wizards feels it's fine. Uh, I, so take that with <laughs> what you will. And I think the issues with Pioneer might just be like the size of the format. Maybe we need more cards. Maybe it's stuff that really, if you think about it, a lot of it would be hard to fix with a banning. Like, does banning Fable actually, like, make Rakdos not a top-tier deck? Like, I, I don't know. So I can see why Wizards would be hesitant to act, uh, act just because, unlike Modern, where you can be like, hey, the One Ring's really busted. Should we ban it? Would that improve the format? In Pioneer, it's not as cut and dried as, like, here's the problem we're either going to deal with it or not deal with it. Another thing I wanted to point out about this announcement that's important is we're kind of under the impression based on Wizards original announcement of how they were going to handle bannings that they do this announcement in August and then there's no real BNR until next August. They have the emergency windows after each set release, but the way they described those was like these are when everything goes super wrong. We put in Oko, like we literally broke magic. We got to deal with it. We don't want to use them. Well, in today's announcement, they sounded a lot more open Open to using those set release ban windows in non-standard formats. So I think I was my worry with the one ring was not like we have to ban it now. It's like I think I might be really sick of it in six months if it's still in like 50% of decks and still everywhere. It sounds like based on what they're saying in today's announcement, it would be possible for them to like ban the one ring in February or something if they feel like things need to change. So that made me feel a little bit more comfortable with the uh, with the no changes, knowing that at least in older formats, they maybe have more flexibility than it sounded like at first with this new ban cadence. Seth, you're being dramatic. Watsi <laughs> hasn't held any policy for arena, organized play, design for more than six months, okay? They just like state something, they roll out some like three-year plan, and in like two months, they're like, ah, nah, we change it to this. <laughs> so yes, they All said that, true. but... They also change things like every five seconds, so I mean, I wouldn't hold anything. To, yeah, to maybe, them. maybe it's maybe it's our fault for believing them this time, knowing that things are so <laughs> likely to change. What about Legacy? Like this was the surprise. I was talking to Joe, who writes this week in Legacy, because I, I was doing a little short about like what could be banned. I was like, hey, anything going to get banned in Legacy? He was like, no, no, not happening. Like everything's good right now. Out of left field, Mind's Desire, a card infamously banned like a week after it was printed. It was so busted. One of the literal fastest bannings in the history of Magic. The fastest outside of Lutri of all things. What do you think about them freeing this? Like, that was 20 years ago. Is Mind's Desire still, like, a broken, scary card in 2023? Wizard says there's a lot of free interaction now. Like, so it should be able to handle it. It's going to be fine. So what do you think? Is this going to break the format or is there just so many free ways to stop combo decks now that eh, whatever? Is this playable? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's a six drop. Like I, I feel it's kind of hard to force this. Like the six drop to be I win the game. I feel it's kind of hard to force through right? because your opponents will counter. You will counter, but your opponents have six mana on you. So I don't know. Is there is there something special here? Like, is a six drop? That's like, is that unplayable? Like, I'm, I'm confused. Are people I mean, gonna slam this into the legacy decks? Ad nauseum's five mana, and that's like a huge storm card. Like, is it on that okay, level? Okay. Is this your like storm finisher? I get to this, and I I win the game because I cast this Actually, like ad nauseum or something. Okay, I buy that. Okay, I could buy that. One more mana for an actual I win the game. Yeah, Agnosium is like your life total kind of matters, but if you mind desire, presumably you win. Or you just get to cast win? everything. 
Well, I mean, you get to cast a bunch of stuff for free. Hopefully you win. <laughs> Whether or not because, that actually... Because you spent your all your deck powering out this mind's desire. <laughs> your deck is like all rituals and other stuff that may not help you win. So, hmm, do you actually I, win with the mind's desire? I guess you hope the mind's desire hits your ad nauseum. And then you, and then you win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're on that game plan. Okay, okay. Actually, I'm not we, sure. I haven't played much Legacy lately, so I'm I'm probably the wrong person to tell you how busted this card is. But people <laughs> but it's one man more than ad nauseum, so it's it's within striking range, right? That's that's yeah. doable, right? And people do play ad nauseum, so yeah, maybe this actually does something. Then I It'll I, be I have not touched Legacy in a very long time, so I have no idea. All right, I got I got one other BNR question, and we just have so many topics, we got to keep moving forward. We've seen Shield Raid continue to increase in popularity and standard. Right now, it's up to 57% of decks in our data. We've seen just this past weekend, Demir Midrange become like the biggest standard deck. This sta- uh, standard challenge this weekend, it put six in the top eight in one of them, and I think five in the top eight in the other one. So this is just like the deck now. Any chance it was a mistake not to ban Shieldred now? Uh, heading into Wilds of Eldoraine. I just keep coming back to Tilion, that card we talked about last week from Wilds of Eldoraine, which is just like such a sweet four drop, but I just, why would I ever play that if I could play Shieldred, even in Demir Midrange, which would be the home for something like Tilion? So is there is there any chance they should have just banned Shieldred? I, I, I think that they're like Shieldred is fine just because there needs to be a good creature card. There has to be a good creature card. It's like... Healthy enough for the format to where I think, like, it's fine. It's obviously powerful. It's okay to have powerful cards. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that, it, to me, it's just a 4-5, right? Like, maybe that's why I don't care so much. Like, obviously, if I were playing aggro... <laughs> it's just going to die to Voidrend anyway. What do I care? Uh, yeah, like, like, legitimately... <laughs> it does die to removal, right? It, it, it dies to, to a lot of removal, and if you don't have it, you don't have it. Like, you know, like, any threat, you, it's no, like, you lose the game because you didn't have an answer, right? Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't... It doesn't seem like it's offensive enough, right, to where it does anything too bad. It's not like there's wheels in the format where I'm getting wheeled and there's a shielded. So right now it's just a really good four drop. Like, it is the premier four drop. Does it blank some other cards? Maybe, but, like, that's why maybe when it comes into Wilds of Eldraine, hopefully, uh, what's the name of that card again? Talion? Yeah, Talion, Tal- Talion, something Tal- like that. T- uh, Talion, something like that. I-, I like Talion. I think Talion's a cool card. Uh, and what I'm thinking here is that maybe from here, moving forward for the net, like, sure, Shieldred will be the four drop, but then they could make four drops that are more synergistic and powerful in specific decks as opposed to just generically good, right? And maybe that then specific archetype would want that over Shieldred. Ah, oh, it's not happening, though. Yeah. So I think what they're going to do is they're just going to make like some better removal for children like red will have easy ways to deal five damage and then we'll call it a day for wilds but like if you give a synergy piece that's better than children that'd be insane like i play some like three drop and then i play like super mega children on four with synergy and like somehow like that that'd be insane we can't deal with that right so i don't know that you can top children in like a synergistic shell because that card would be absolutely cracked so I think it's just going to stay as is. It's going to push out all other four drops and then we'll just get better removal or like some tech cards you could use against children and wilds. But like this has always happened, right? When, I don't know, when, when the original Titans were in standard, like they just pushed out every other six drop, right? Yeah. When you had like, you know, whatever premier five 
drop or four drop dragon was in standard, it would push out all the other ones, right? So shoulder will push out all shut the other down four drops. So many fives. Maybe, yeah. maybe this like is... we always have one that does that, right? Yeah. The difference now is cards last three years instead of two, so it does it for yeah. a whole extra year of time, which makes standard feel more like pioneer or something. Like I, I know it doesn't matter this time because Shieldor technically wouldn't have rotated anyway, so it's like literally the worst example of this argument because it was not supposed to rotate this year. But I think that's the concern. Like two more years of Shieldor is a lot longer than one more year of Thundermaw Hellkite or whatever you know Big Baddie there was in the past. But I mean, maybe I, you all don't remember. We're going to back to Eldrain. <laughs> like, is it like Eldraine is where I'm, I'm not I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you Shouldra's just an elk I don't know I, I, yeah, I'm, I, so I'm speaking, scared of this <laughs> I'm genuinely speaking from a little bit of trauma but like on top of that I like I I don't know I don't want to say anything until I see all of Eldraine because last time I said anything about Eldraine you know, you you remember how that all played out? Yeah, so, circle loyalty, circle loyalty. Yo, OP. Hey, that, that OP. They, they reprinted this time, and it's taken off. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's, it, we were ahead of our time. Uh, all right, that's the that's the BNR update. Let us know what you think in the comments. Is it what you expected? Are these cards that they unbanned broken? Super curious to hear what other people think. Uh, let's do a bit of a lightning round, and then we'll get to the other big topic, which is the huge announcement of all the future sets. Uh, Richard, we got some One Ring news this week. Not only has the One Ring, uh, the One of One Ring, been found, it's been sold. Who bought it, and for how much? Everyone, quick, act surprised. Post Malone <laughs> bought the One Ring. What? Uh, over over two million? Do, do we actually get an exact he, price? There were two, some random prices thrown around, but has there been a confirmed price? Uh, two million exactly has been confirmed by Post Malone and the company involved in selling it or something. Okay. So two million's the the firm number. So Wizards continues the print direct to Post Malone strategy. So will he buy the next one of one card? That is the question. Uh, but. It turns out that the person that opened the One Ring sent the video to Prof, like, when they opened it. And then Prof is like, what is this counterfeit shimmery thing, right? Like, he didn't know, right? Uh, but, like, yeah, the original the original video of the opening is also circulating now. But Post Malone buys it, uh, as expected. The question is, how deep are Post Malone's pockets? Uh, who will buy the next serialized card? And who will – do you think Post Malone will ever sell it? And do you think he can sell it for any amount? Dude, Could he my, sell my it? dude, yes. my dude, my dude, Posty is too much of a collector to let that go. I, I, I think, I think there's no way. I, I, yeah, I think Posty things are good it. right now. He's making bank. Let's fast forward 25 years, 15 years. He's not as popular. He's like doing small shows. He's like, yo, I need money. I, I gotta get this I don't, one ring off. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, like. There, there's no amount. Like unless like Posty legitimately just decides to like obliterate all of his funds. I, there ain't no way. Like even even years down the line, there's no way Sunflower and Rockstar and songs like that don't get some play and get some yeah. royalties. So he's so he's probably sad. he's he's good. He's good. I I if if that's the case, you know, we're not we're not here to like <laughs> grade his financial spending. <laughs> I will say I will say I think he's fine though, and I think that if it, like at the end of the day, unless Posty absolutely has to do it, I don't think he sells it. I'm curious. Let's say he did decide to sell it 10 years from now, more or sure. less than 2 million. Like, I'm just curious. Do you think this is something where it's like, like those old baseball cards from the 50s that yeah. sell for $7 million eventually because they just keep going up and up? Is the One Ring one of those cards that we should expect it just to like 
slowly keep creeping up in value or do you think this is its peak because this is when everyone's like searching for it and hyped about the one ring and magic and lord of the rings and magic i'm really curious i i I thought the One Ring was going to sell for like $50,000. So now that it's sold for $2 million, <laughs> all of my opinions on the One Ring probably don't matter because that's that was my baseline is all this card. There's no way it's going to go for more than like hundred grand at the most. So what do I know? But I feel like it would sell for no more than $2 million, right? Can it keep going up? That would be wild. Uh, I, I To be honest with you, because it's a one out of one, you make the price. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's like it, there there is we can guesstimate whatever, but then like we'll be wrong because and, it's whatever someone is willing to pay for it, right? And I'm sure you know, and like maybe maybe Posty decides he doesn't want to sell it for that low, right? Like at the the bar the floor is two mil. I don't I, I don't think Posty sells it for less than that. I, I feel it increases in value because he touched it. Right, because now, now you got the one ring there. Oh my, post Malone, you sell it, you gonna beat him, right? Yep. Like he could throw in a free little concert for you, whatever, you know, free, yeah, and, yeah. Like, inflate the price. He could do all kinds of things, right? But like post Malone had this one ring now, right? So there's like a history to it, like a public history to it as well. So it probably does not decrease in value just because post Malone. Uh, but I don't know. But like, who's gonna buy it? That's the question, right? Like, who right, has enough money? There's like five because people I, I, in the I gather, world that actually yeah. have the money and are in the market for it or something. We saw it this time. There was like a handful of offers, uh, but you really need another Post Malone or like a huge store that would actually have the amount of money to even go well, for it. Well, the store it. would buy it for publicity, but that wouldn't help like five years down the line, right? In the same way it helps now. But then they would buy it to sell to Post Malone who just sold it to them. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I don't know, right? So like Krim said, it's a one-on-one. You have to know who you're selling it to and it's not a free market, right? It's like what they're willing to pay for and who you know and who actually wants it. So, yeah. I, I mean, the real question is what the next one-on-one serialized card like the from one of the new sets coming up will will sell for. Buster Blade. The... The other question is, Krim, is there any chance he shows up on, like, game nights and he's just jamming it in one of his decks? You know, like, it, the idea that someone would crack the slab <laughs> open just to do that. No, he, he that slabs like... the rest of his deck so he can play it. <laughs> okay? He has a fully I mean, slabbed 100-card commander deck. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's the first is more likely than the latter. <laughs> and that would be hilarious to me because, like, Look, let's not lie here. If you want to flex on somebody, you flex on them in the ways that they would never even think to imagine, right? Yeah. And and cracking the the one ring out of its slab and then just riffle shuffling is probably one of the most hilarious ways to go about it. Because enfranchised players will know, and casual players will have no idea what it even means. Yep. Uh, we we got to play anti- we gotta play anti with post Malone. Oh god. <laughs> I'm gonna vandal blaster one out of one ring. Alright, pass. <laughs> uh, Alright. Next up in our uh, lightning round, Wizards actually updating their website a little bit. They uh, they updated the gallery, which traditionally has not been a very good way to look at the cards in a magic set. It's kind of updates slow, it's pretty old and clunky. But I was actually really impressed by this update. You can like search for cards, see all the different card styles. Richard, you uh, you do all this kind of stuff at Goldfish. What uh, what is your professional take on the the Watsi Gallery update? All right. Well, we'll ignore the design for your personal preference, right? But the important part is that there's a lot more information now. So for every card, it tells you all treatments the card is available in. So for example, regular printing, 
uh, foil etched foil, confetti foils, whatever foiling process they've come up with. And also, importantly, they tell you what product it's in. Yeah. Right. So no longer do you have to play the guessing game. Is like, is this commander card a precon card, a set booster card, a main set card? Like, what is it? It tells you, like, hey, this card is available in you know collector boosters and commander precons or something like that. Uh, so, uh, I'm gonna assume they use this new gallery for new sets going forward, but who knows, right? It's Watsy, right? But currently, the Commander Masters gallery is showing this, so you can actually figure out where all the cards are coming from, which is huge. Uh, prior to this, you had to cobble this information together uh, from the internet. So hopefully Wizards keeps doing this and makes our collectible card game actually collectible. <laughs> you can tell like where your cards come from. You can tell if you've actually collected the whole thing. So yeah, uh, props. No, no one really asked for it and they actually did it. So that, that's pretty crazy. So I'm actually impressed. Yeah, I mean, they, it was a big upgrade. And yeah, being able to tell what boxes in decks the cards come from is such a huge, huge upgrade. So well done, Wizards, on, uh, on that end. We also got some uh, arena news. We found out that Pioneer, Tournament Pioneer, is going to be coming to arena by the end of 2024. So we've been debating how long it's going to take to get Pioneer. This isn't full Pioneer in the sense that every card is there. Wizards called it Tournament Pioneer, which would mean all the cards for all the tournament decks would be there. And then other stuff would randomly get filled in through anthologies or whatever. What do we think about this? First, the time frame. So that's like just over a year from now or a year and a half from now. That's not that bad. The question is, does this count as having Pioneer on Arena? Does this satisfy the the player's desires for the format? What do you think? Yes. Yes, uh, if we believe what they call Tournament Pioneer to be all the tier decks, then yes, right? Like, like they could have just printed 15 cards and put them on Pioneer right now. We'd be very happy with it, right? Like, you just need to get 95% of the metagame. And yes, if you have some obscure tech jank, you're going to have to wait, like, three years for them to finish it. But hopefully they would go in priority order. Uh, <laughs> but this would effectively let you play Pioneer on Arena. So if they actually mean what they say this is amazing right this is what we expected when they when they said it would take you know four or five years or whatever we expected them to go with the highest priority cards first followed by the jank uh rather than you know <laughs> what they did with the the anthologies right so this is it this is they listen to the feedback i, I want to say they listen to our podcast where we called them out for their terrible <laughs> pacing and schedule and this is what we wanted this is what everyone wanted so as long as they do what we're expecting here this is it this is it we're getting pioneer on arena in a year and a half max i mean i'm gonna miss the against the odds cards that's for me personally like i hope i'm excited that we're gonna have the tournament version of pioneer but i hope that wizards doesn't take that as job done and they still focus on like eventually having every card uh, on the client but i am excited that we're actually gonna have something that looks like paper pioneer as an actual option on arena in the near future and the way they're doing this crim is uh they're doing a master set pioneer masters next year right. they're also putting Konzaturk here the whole set not remastered or anything on arena I had to ask you, because I know you play a lot of Historic like I do. That means fetches in Historic, right? There's no way they're going to, like, print fetches and then not have them be legal anywhere. Do you think that fetches are going to be legal in Historic once Cons comes out? Yeah. I th I think there's no way, because, like, now they're fully... I think this is uh kind of what we were talking about, right? Historic becomes the arena legacy or whatever, yep. like, all-time format. And with that, you want to introduce some of the all-time great cards, mechanics, things like that. <clears throat> Jace the Mind Sculptor, 
into historic. And uh, yeah, like I, I don't see why they wouldn't. This is a step in the right direction uh, when it comes to historic. And uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm still very curious why they won't introduce dragon lords or, or dig through time yet. Wait, wait, hold on. Dig is cons, right? Dig is cons. Or was yeah. that? Dig is cons. Okay. It's oh, cons. Then we, so we'll get Delve. We'll get our Delve spells, well. finally. You'll get Delve yeah. with your fetches. Yes. Yep. Yeah! Okay, Delve. That's even better. That makes it... Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Yeah, Historic's just going to become an absolute blast of a format. And I like that it helps differentiate it even further from Explorer, by that time, actually, pretty close to Real Pioneer. Like, you'll have the fetch land format, the non-fetch land format. So there will be two, like, pretty legit non-rotating options on Arena at that point, which is going to be super exciting. Uh, before we get into the full set announcement, so many announcements, Wizards also announced another full commander deck coming as a secret layer drop. This one actually goes on sale on the 10th, which I believe is Thursday. It's $150. It's angel-themed. I ran the numbers uh, to see what the prices were. It looked like current value of the cards, you get around uh, $270-ish. Uh, just from all the cards going by the cheapest versions. And there's some big hitters. There's like Nykthos is like $30. Archangel of Thunes like $30. Amiria is like $15. Uh, Sarah Ascendant's like $20. So the Commander's Plate's $30. So there's actually a lot of high-end cards in this deck. Worth buying. Did either one of you buy the other two? So we had the coin flip one and then the MDFC one, which was a little bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean this one right here? I mean, no, so I... the MDFC one had really cool cards, but as a deck out of the box, it was very MDFC heavy and didn't feel like that much of a like super functional commander deck to me. As a deck, it was terrible. It didn't do anything that I wanted to do. But <laughs> did it have a Nico Bolas? Yes, it did. That's all I cared about. So, um, but... Like, legitimately, if you like angels, why wouldn't you get this, right? Angels are expensive. I kind of forgot Angel uh, Archangel of Thune is 30 bucks. But, yeah. uh, like, the problem here is, so, okay, so how much is this retailing for? $80? No, 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 150 150 It's a secret layer no, drop. 150 plus shipping. Then, it, then it's definitely, I, I don't know, I, d I don't think it's worth it then, right? Because Archangel of Thune, Gisela, uh, Archangel of Tithes, and let's say Sarah Ascendant, right? That's, like, maybe... 80 90 bucks sure like technically cards like cosmos elixir is expensive but like do you care about that do you actually need that like i but, I, I don't think these are like common cards they're great in angel decks but like do you even play that mostly in your angel deck i don't know i i but Cram, I, I forgot something there's a brand it, new never released before card in the deck that we have literally never had <laughs> oh arden angel did you even know that Arden Angel was a thing? So, like, back in no. the 90s, they made a magic game for Sega Dreamcast, and it had the the world's first alchemy cards, essentially. Like, it had these oh. digital-only cards. One of those is Arden Angel, a six-mana 4-4 four, four flyer. This says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if it's in your graveyard, roll a four-sided die. If you get a one, you return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. First ever time being printed in paper. Does this change? Do you think this will be an expensive card? Like, literally the only copies that exist are going to uh, come from the secret layer drop commander deck. On the other hand, it's horrible, right? Like, even like it's just a really, really we're, bad card. We're not, we're not going to talk about whether it's playable. We're going to talk <laughs> about the fact that it's got one of the biggest types that you could ask for. The amount of people I know that will buy angels just because they're angels is many. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that this will be a hot card just because it's an angel. It's not and good. It, it's uh, terrible. Wait, okay, it's not terrible. Where is it's, it? Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So if I restoration of Eigenjo, if the nat loot one, this, <laughs> so you have a twenty. This it is four sided. So you got a twenty five percent chance. So you have a twenty five percent chance oh. of returning it. 
How many but ways no, still to loot bad. in white? There's not many ways to loot in white to get this into your graveyard to try to cheaty reanimate it. Okay, maybe it sucks. Even uh, in Mardu, even if, like, let's mm-hmm. say that you could like throw it away. What? Why am I reanimating this? And it's still you're just, not, you're just letting it reanimate itself. <laughs> you're letting sure. it reanimate itself. <laughs> but like, this is one of my hundred cards. Yeah, and that's not good. the The best case is you like faithless looting, chuck this away, and then it comes back immediately, and you're like, eh, it's still not. It's just a four four. It doesn't even have vigilance. It's just a four four no. flyer. Yeah, but I kind of. I hope they return the rest of them. Eh. Oh, is there a cycle? No, there. Well, there's like ten cards. I want to say that were on the Sega Dreamcast game. They're mostly like this. They, it's basically alchemy. They wanted to give them random effects that wouldn't work in paper, which is why this has the four sided die thing. But they all have some sort of like weird random like dice rolling style effect. So it'd be cool. I think the best is maybe Ladari Druid. When it comes into play, you randomly choose a basic land type for each land in play. Those lands become the chosen type. So it's like a really weird Magus of the Moon, where you play this and every land on the battlefield becomes becomes a random a random land. <laughs> uh, we should keep uh, that in the Dreamcast. All right. we, should, <laughs> we should keep I, that there. To to like pretty much like wrap this up, I I think that like it's good for angel lovers. Otherwise, I I mean Nyctos is pretty cool. That's in here. So I guess that's fine. But like this is only if you love angels, which is fine. I mean, you like, get new art. Archangel of Dune, Court of Grace, Commander's Plate, yeah. and then Bruna and Gisela, the and the meld, obviously, in the back is new art as well. So that I, Commander's Plate is gorgeous, but, like, yeah. that's... So that, it's a new that's, art kind of thing, right? Yeah. 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 So if you love angels, right, like, this is great. And or I, for, I think the value's not bad. It's fair. Like, you're not coming out ridiculously ahead or anything when you consider shipping and that a lot of the, like, 30-cent cards really aren't really worth much of anything. But the value's not unfair for what you're getting so i think like you were saying grim if you like angels like the deck's easy buy would i just go snap buy it as a finance play or something probably not because i don't think it's like i don't know i don't think it has that much value that you're gonna just like flip it to make a profit or something but uh if you like angels it's cool and you get the ardent angel which is a brand new angel so a nice little bonus but all right we gotta move up oh Oh, quick question did they say anything about the list or anything about ardent angel is this the only way to get it Will they get? Will you get Arden Angels in the future in any other way? My assumption is it'll show up on the list eventually, but they haven't okay. that I've seen actually address that specifically. So we have the big announcement of this weekend is Wizards announced literally the next three years of Magic sets, starting with Wilds of Eldraine, going through twenty twenty six, and uh, I need I need your guys' feedback on these. So we've broken this down into like supplemental sets versus main sets so the main sets we should be able to go over them pretty quickly because we don't really know much about them they didn't really spoil cards or anything so we just know the name in some cases or the theme in some cases so uh next up wilds of Eldorain, lost caverns of ixalan we already know the, uh know those first set of 2024 murders at Karloff Mansion, a Ravnica murder mystery set. And there's coming alongside this uh, some sort of supplemental game that's Ravnica Clue. It's not the game of Clue with Ravnica characters. It's some sort of magic game that is based on Clue with Ravnica cards involved. What do you think about that one? We joked about it, and slowly it gets closer and closer (laughs) to reality. The Clue magic secret layer. I'm yeah. just saying, but, but yeah, like this, 
This set has to be hype as hell for me. I, I love this. Sparks out, glass pool onion. I'm here for it. I love this. <laughs> We've... I, I, I have been waiting for a murder mystery thing, and, you know, why wouldn't it come to magic? I'm surprised that it's on Ravnica, but you know what? That allows... I know that it doesn't have anything to do with the guilds, but that's what somebody that in a mystery movie would want you to say yeah. so that you don't think there's anything mm. in guilds. <laughs> But realistically, one of the guilds is secretly sabotaging the... Okay, in all seriousness, if they don't do something with guilds, that's kind of, like, sad, because how cool would it be if, like, Golgari is, like... You know, like, Demir is obviously the main villain, right? Nobody trusts Demir. So it's... But, like, that's too easy of the suspect, right? So then you play this game of trying to figure out which guild sabotages the other guild. That's that's pretty fun. But, I mean, whatever they end up with, I don't know. I'm excited. It's a murder mystery. Ravnica no guilds is kind of weird, right? Like the murder yeah. mystery theme is cool. Ravnica without guilds is is gonna be different. What do you think, Richard? They'll have guilds, no? I, like, I think they I, said that it wasn't mechanic. based on guilds. Yeah, really? Yeah. They're not even gonna show up at all. Like, I don't. I'm just interested in what the mechanic would be. So I watched a lot of murder mysteries. My wife loves these things. So I got <laughs> I got Crim's joke about a uh, glass pool onion and all that. <laughs> dives out like what is the mechanic right because i think the mechanic that reflects this will be important what is the mechanic what weird like dungeon investigate thing are we getting mm. for the set because i'm curious like you know how they're going to represent this murder mystery it would be cool if there was i don't know what it'd be like secret voting or something like i don't know what it would be but i just want to see what it is uh, and that will kind of make or break the set for me. Like, if it's just Magic the Gathering with, like, I don't know, clues, you crack clues and investigate draw cards, <laughs> that's kind of lame. <laughs> We've already done but that. But if you yeah. kind of have to play the sub-game of trying to figure out something, like, that would be pretty cool. So we'll see what they come up with for the mechanic for the set. So after that, next set, Outlaws of Thunder Junction, which is a straight-up Wild West set, down to the, the, the six shooters, the whole cowboy theme. And apparently this is all the villains of the multiverse coming together. We didn't mention this, but we're kicking off with Wilds of Eldorain, a three-year story arc called the Omen Path arc. Kind of like we just saw with Phyrexia, where we had like a bunch of years of sets loosely tied together. We don't really know what the Omen Path arc is, but apparently Outlaws of Thunder Junction is some old West plane where all the villains get together. Is this Oko is in a cowboy hat. So yeehaw, <laughs> pew pew, let's go. I'm here for this. <laughs> I we we like so from the artwork we've seen it looks like Tony Bones is there and you've yep. got Oko you've got Vraska and Jace the lovers that got completed and then you have Rakdos and a random character right so this is looking kind of like imagine just like a a a Suicide Squad like like villains right and I I like this this is kind of cool Cowboy I don't Jace. I don't know what's Cowboy yeah Cowboy Oko. Doing. <laughs> laugh as much as you want but when i'm firing my pew pewers uh, like off at everybody I'm, I'm here for this this is gonna Yeehaw. be hilarious i'm actually it makes sense if you, i'm actually if you please walk in you gotta it. blend in right you gotta, yeah yeah you gotta look like a local right you're not I'm, from around here <laughs> i'm i'm excited i'm excited for it actually i think it'll be cool like cowboys actually will be an interesting interesting magic set so the, american so it american. is very but i yeah. think like isn't Old West America kind of, like, known around the world. Aren't there, like, restaurants in other countries that, like, are Old yes. West? Like, it's kind of famous, right? So maybe it works even outside of America just because people know it. But 
Uh, next up, two more sets coming next year. Bloomborough, which is animal people world, no humans. All all the characters are humanoid animals, apparently, uh, which will be interesting. And then Duskmorn House of Horror, which is a horror set, but it's set inside a mansion and it's modern horror, which is coming out probably yes. Halloween time, I assume. Yes. Which of those? Uh, what's what's those? modern horror? What is, so what think, is... think like think like the Conjuring uh, stuff like that. Is what I'm imagining here. The Conjuring. What's and... classic horror? What's before modern horror? Then it's not like The Conjuring. <laughs> I I would say something probably more along the lines of like I guess when I think of classics, I'm thinking literally classics. So I like mean, like The Exorcist and you know Jason and whatnot. Isn't like I wonder if that counts as modern. I don't know. We've had what? Innistrad, right? But Innistrad is like feels very like 1800s lanterns out in the That's... like. That's just vampires and werewolves, though. Yeah, that's just literally like that's, all that is, right? That's like super so, old school horror, right? I imagine this is going to be more like, yeah, serial killer in the mansion type horror or something uh, like that. Okay, or like okay. conjuring like a psychological in the mansion. Yeah, thriller yeah, yeah. type thing. Jump yeah. scares. <laughs> Jump scares Lots the magic card, yeah. <laughs> so those are all the sets we actually know the, the names of. Running through the, the rest of the sets, we know there is a Interplanar Death Rate set, a Return to Tarkir, a Space set, a Return to Lorwyn, a Return to Strixhaven, and then the finale of the Omen Path arc, which this gets us all the way up to 2026. Uh, any any takes on any of those? I'll say Lorwyn returning, super exciting. Going back to Strixhaven, though... That was not a my... Did you like Strixhaven? I feel like Strixhaven is one of those planes that we could have not returned to for a few years, and I would have been fine with that, because Strixhaven was kind of meh for me. I want to know a lot about what happened on Strixhaven, though, because I, I, like, it wasn't like Liliana, like, oh, yeah. like... Oh, I secretly... got a D on my test, oh no, like yeah. the drama, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that, that's, that's a real... <laughs> that is a real fear, all right? That is a real fear. I, that's true, I still sometimes, and I haven't been in college in so long, I still sometimes have a nightmare where I, like, missed a test and failed a class, like, it's so See? weird. Yeah. See? So, <laughs> so like... maybe that's the horror set, that's the modern horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so those are the main sets. More interesting, perhaps, we got the next three years of Universes Beyond. So first yes, up, we did. Jurassic World, coming as part of Ixalan later this year. Uh, next after that, Fallout, uh, coming as a full Universes sure. Beyond. Assassin's Creed Universes Beyond. And then we found out that Final Fantasy is getting the full Lord of the Rings treatment. This is their next, like, there tent, it is. tentpole yes. release. So the other yes. ones are all, like, some Commander decks or some of this or some of that. That's that's the big one where they're doing the full set. You all know Final Fantasy better than me. Should we expect Lord of the Rings level hype? They just announced Lord of the Rings is going to be the best-selling magic card of all time. Like, is Final Fantasy on that level where we should expect this to be, like, one of the biggest magic sets ever? I mean, we're we're spanning across years and years and years of video games, right? Like, I yeah. I found out about Final Fantasy when I was just like a, a kid, and that was at numbers like seven. So, uh, like now we're at sixteen, and there's not like not to mention all the spinoffs and the branches, and yeah, like I I think in the world of Final Fantasy, a lot of the cards that are gonna like appear and show up before you, for those that don't know Final Fantasy, you're gonna realize that it works. It fits very well into this world of magic. So. I think it's going to be great. So we learned it's not going to be Final Fantasy VII. Thank God. <laughs> like, just alone. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it always lot. is. Is it, is it going to be as popular as Lord of the Rings? I don't think so. No way, right? Uh, you know, it is a very popular IP, but 
Lord of the Rings like literally had like Hollywood movies. It has like ongoing TV shows right now uh, on your streaming services, right? Final Fantasy, even among gamers, is kind of a niche thing, right? Like, who's is gonna it? spend yeah. eighty hours? That's a lot of hours playing a JRPG. You know, like even among gamers, you feel like I'm not touching a JRPG. Uh, but having said that, it's still a very large following. Uh, a lot I mean, of people do play the games. People the wouldn't best MMO. twelve-hour right? movie franchise. So like. Like, like it's, I think that you're, like, you are under. <laughs> like, no, but do you actually think it's bigger than Lord of the Rings? There's no way, right? There, in no world is it bigger than Lord of the Rings. I, it's probably I can't be, not bigger I don't than think Lord it can be bigger, because I think if I went to, like, my grandmother or just some random person, they would probably know what Lord of the Rings is, but probably not know what Final Fantasy was. But it may actually have more sales, though, right? Because the intersect of Magic the Gathering players and Final Fantasy may be higher, right? Because... You know, Magic is that 90s game. That's kind of like peak Final Fantasy time, right? That's kind of everyone's... Everyone used to play the same consoles and the same games, right? So there's a lot yeah. more intersection there. So it could actually outsell Lord of the Rings. But in terms in terms of general popularity, maybe not. But despite that, it is going to be so hype. It is going to yeah. be so good. Uh, I am going to save all my money. <laughs> and buy Final Fantasy collector boosters. Like I, I've, I've decided this. So what? I, what do you think I, the yeah. the one of one card's going to be that you're searching for? Though there's got to you know they got to after the success of the One Ring. What is the Final Fantasy character item that could be the the one of one? Everyone get your collector boosters. You got to get this and sell it to Post Malone. I genuinely think it's the Buster Sword. Like that's a very very popular item. It's the mo- <laughs> most like huge over like oversized sword you could ask for. Either that or maybe, like, something with, like, Sephiroth. Or or even, even you know what? Oh, watch it just be, like, some... Seven. Watch it just <laughs> it, be, like, some Blitzball, I think. Like, no, no, no. It, it's gotta be something that spans the franchise. Uh, so, like, maybe, like, a Chocobo or a Moogle or something. Maybe a Crystal or something actually, like that. Actually, yeah, a Chocobo. If it was just Chocobo. a Buster Sword, it'd feel kind of cheap, right? So Yeah. I, I hope... It was it would actually be very cool if they had like one of one of each character. So there's Ooh. like a a special like alternate art Aerith or something, and it's just one of one. But then there's grave, like eighty million grave, characters. So. I don't know how they're gonna choose the right <laughs> characters. Don't you don't you drop spoilers? There's gonna be so <laughs> many new Final Fantasy players here from from oh, the podcast. Please. They've oh. had they've had like over twenty five years to play. I know. Right? If you start playing the games now, you may com- you may complete them all by the time the set <laughs> releases. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if you skip the MMOs, you have to skip the MMOs if you want a shot of finishing. <laughs> but the thing is, I hope they include some of the MMOs too, because like oh, they for will. example, I I hope that they include a chunk of like characters from nine as well. Uh, I think I think that was a a fun one for me as a kid, and then you know like. I loved Vivi. I love black mages, right? So I, I hope there's some kind of enchantment. And if they make an enchantment and it's like the black mage uh, ley lines and you enchant it to your creature. Oh, I, I'm so here for that. They better make Lollafells uh, from the get, MMO. get ready for your favorite characters to be scuffed. <laughs> Remember Lord of the Rings tier list? All these uncommons. Yeah. Vivi is yeah. like an uncommon <laughs> four mana, two, two. <laughs> Scry one when I, you cast a spell. That's it. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, look. I I know that somebody that works on like somebody whoever is whoever works on the design team please make Vivi good make Vivi very good like if if you're listening to this podcast make Vivi so good so 
So, okay, Final Fantasy, everyone's hyped for it. It's going to be big. That's not till 2025, I want to say, because next year is going to be Modern Horizons 3 in the summer big temple release slot. (laughs) Modern is lost. (laughs) What I I really wanted to ask you guys, though, is what about Assassin's Creed and Fallout? Like, I used to play Fallout. I like Fallout. Assassin's Creed I never played. Aren't these both kind of like... I don't know, past their prime? Like, do they still make Fallout? I haven't heard about Fallout in, like, a decade. I remember liking it a lot, like, a decade ago. Are these still, like, iconic franchises? How do these stack up to Lord of the Rings and Final Fantasy and so forth? It is so funny to me that the the franchises I never cared for or played, you did. (laughs) I I never played Fallout. I didn't care for Assassin's Creed, so, like, I have no idea. I've never played Assassin's Creed, but I didn't play Fallout, but yeah. Well... Fallout, yeah, to me, I it doesn't matter to me, but like I know there's something about bottle caps for currency, and that's it. Yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic, yeah, setting. I mean, Fallout is very fun. Assassin's Creed used to be very good. Like the first couple games, maybe the first game was really good, and then all I but know the- is it, it, they're still making it, and it's very weird. It's like Magic the Gathering, right? Like you, you just skip 15 years of Magic the Gathering, you drop in today, you're like. Why are we having owl people in schools doing, like, Lord of the Rings? You're like, what happened to my Dungeons and Dragons-like game? That's Assassin's Creed, right? Like, it used to be about this, like, Renaissance assassin thing, and now they have, like, space and pirates and battleships or something. It's like Fast and Furious. Uh, which, which so by the it, way, to, to... It's still going, by the way. It's, it, it's still going, but, like, to also yeah. the listeners, this is... These two franchises are not getting full tentpole release sets, so it's not going to be like Lord of the Rings Final Fantasy. The, I believe the Fallout cards are just going to be commander decks, right? So, like, the Warhammer thing? Yeah. Like I believe that Fallout's commander decks, and then yeah. Assassin's Creed, I think that was a confusing one, where they said something about boosters of some kind and being modern legal, but it's not a tentpole release, so I don't even know what so, to expect okay. of that one, honestly. If, if anything, boosters... And commander decks are very good, right? If it's, like, five-card secret lair, like, arcade or something, then that's, like, a throwaway. Like, it doesn't really matter too much. But if they're making new cards or they're making entire decks, then I think that's a very... uh, It's a a commitment to that franchise. Uh, I mean, we saw Warhammer is still popular. Yeah, Fallout is popular. Uh, I'm... I don't know. I'm very excited about these. I, I'm actually so excited that I don't even care for the magic sets. You guys talking Ooh, about like Wild wow. West? Like, give me Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, or whatever, right? Give me Westworld. <laughs> give me like what's the what's the best franchise having to do with the Wild West, right? You uh, know, Giant Mansion. Just give me Resident Evil. Just, just, just give yeah, it to me. Yeah, okay. Right? I, I, like, I, I, like, I, like I, Giant I, Mansion. Come on. Like, are you gonna have healing herbs and stuff? Like, come on. Just, just give me Resident Evil. I want that so bad. A Resident Evil secret layer. Oh my lord. Uh, oh, that would be so sick. They've won you over, Richard. I'm pretty sure if you go back to the first Universes Beyond podcast, you were one of the ones on the cast most skeptical of like the flavor implications. Wasn't sure if you'd like it, but it seems like they've actually, actually won you over. No, we. We are exactly here, right? So the reason I don't like this is that it kills their IP. Uh, Like, I no longer care about Jace when I can be playing, like, Cloud and Tifa in my (laughs) Magic the Gathering game. And this is very bad for Magic in the long run. Because the the end state is you want to be, like, Marvel or Disney, right? You you want to sell Jace 
random crap that has nothing to do with TCGs. But you want to sell Jace movies, Jace TV shows, Jace t-shirts, you know, Jace cars. You know, like I, I bought a truck for my son the other day. Like it's a Mickey Mouse truck. Like what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> right? Like they just take Mickey Mouse, slap it on a truck and they're like, here you go. And we're like, <laughs> I know Mickey Mouse. I'll buy this. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's the end goal for these companies, right? Like Marvel, everyone knows Marvel. Who's read a comic book in the last like 15 years? Very few people. Okay, Krim is an exception, right? But you know the characters and you can buy like, you know, Marvel costumes, Marvel toys, Marvel Lego, Marvel anything. So you can't do that when you don't own the IP. So you want Jace and you want Chandra like that. But right now they're focusing on the game and they're focusing on third party IP. And it's very exciting for that. But I don't know how this is going to work out long run, right? Because you really do want to break outside your game and just sell like, Jace Saturday morning cartoons, right? Like, why not, right? So, I mean, it does seem like it makes something like the Netflix show less of a possibility, right? Like, if your biggest selling sets are not Jace and not Shonda or not your IP, why why would you even bother to make a show? People don't want to, they want to watch Lord of the Rings or want to watch Assassin's Creed or Final Fantasy show. So I think that there is, like, a cost there, but... It seems like, at least over the short run, it's it's paying off already. If Lord of the Rings is the best-selling set ever, new players are coming in, it seems like over the short term, like, it's maybe a win, and then I guess you just figure out the long term later. <laughs> Hope for the best. We need, we need to cross the streams. We need Jace to encounter Gandalf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In the same set. Like, I don't just think play that's modern, ever Richard. Just play modern. <laughs> I want them on the same card in the same set. And I want, I don't know, R- what like, is it? they probably Rings are not allowed to do that. Rings of Power Season 2. You'll just have a, you'll have Jace. <laughs> Jace, Jace guest appearance. Yeah. Power. The cameo episode. <laughs> All right. I think, okay, one last thing, one last thing. There's also two remastered sets. Not a not anything groundbreaking, but Ravnica remastered and Innistrad remastered coming out at the start of the year. One in 2024, one in 2025. Spoiler cards. All we really saw was a couple of old bordered cards that are coming in Ravnica remastered, including a hollowed fountain. So for the first time, they're doing a old bordered shocklands, which I expect those to be pretty pretty expensive and pretty uh, in demand. So I'm definitely hyped for those. Are you I, still hyped for old bordered cards, Seth? Yeah, I'm that not. we get them like all the time. Are they not I, the new full art lands? <laughs> I, I don't even <laughs> like old bordered cards. Like that's the funny thing. I still do. Like I went and bought most of the most of the fetches, the old border ones for Moto. I'll go buy the shock oh. lands for Moto. So I I would play all old border if I had an option. So I still I still get excited for them. But anyway, I think that's all of our topics for today. Uh. Probably have to leave fish mail again because we uh, we kind of went a little long. But Richard, if you we will get to it eventually, I promise. If people want to send any questions for next week, where should they send them? All right, send them to at MG Goldfish with the hashtag MG Fish Mail. Let us know which universe is beyond IP you're most hyped about between Final Fantasy, Assassin's Creed, Fallout, Fallout. and I guess Clue. I guess Clue. <laughs> yeah, so it, I, I'm curious what, what the Boomer Magic audience uh, <laughs> likes. 
Uh, yeah, let us know in the comments. We'll get to your questions next week. But anyway, I think that brings us to the end of episode 445 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And one more reminder, uh, next week, podcast, moving to a new channel. So, uh, follow the link in the description. Sub to the new channel because the video cast is going to be there moving forward starting next week. So, thanks for hanging out, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week to talk about about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a spectacular week. And this is a crew signing out.